detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again. Jared, big episode, mate. Another double. Mm. Best of the best. We finally stumbled across these. <laughs> Seven plus. Thank you. Although they did leave out one of the, the sequels, which I'm not happy about. No. And I mean, honestly, if you couldn't get your hands on that, you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> you can't go to one, two, four. And no, it doesn't that's cut right. It. <laughs> yeah. That's just amateur. All right. So we're going to do a double bill. Best of the best one and two. Quick whip, whip round, Jared. What have you been watching? I got to the first two episodes of The Stand. So, yeah, so far so good on that front. I'm quite enjoying it. I think the casting's been pretty solid for the most part. There's one particular bit of casting that I'm not thrilled with, and it's I just feel like Amber Heard doesn't really fit the role. But the other castings that I've come across so far have been really good, and I know there's more characters to come. People that have read the book have have had a few issues with the structure. Some people didn't really like the structure that they've decided to go with. But I'd, I've given both the... Well, I've never read the book, but I'd given the miniseries a fair bit of room. I haven't seen it in a few years. So I'm planning on watching that. I've actually got a copy of that to watch while the episodes are, uh, are dropping. But, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it so far. And I think this is probably another one where the, the extra money is probably going to help with the story because it does obviously have some sort of fantastical elements along the way. I've continued with the uh, Hellraiser series. Okay. I got onto Bloodline. Look, it was another one that I enjoyed enough. Uh, it, it was a, uh, a little bit different, the story. I didn't mind the, the, the angle of sort of telling through generations of a family. I thought that was quite interesting in its own way, but yeah, it was a, it was nothing that I would I would rave about, but I would you know I, w- I would certainly go back to it. And given where Hellraiser, you know, uh, critically has ended up, I, I'm sure I'm in for far worse to come in the next few pictures. I stumbled across Christine, oh, yeah. so I decided to watch that again, especially being the the great man's uh, birthday throughout the time. That I, I I came across that I thought yeah I'll settle in and watch a little bit of Christine, so yeah it was good to good to get back to that one I think it's a it's a you know sort of middle of the road for both Carpenter and Stephen King it's it's enjoyable enough and has a couple of really solid moments I think John Carpenter's direction is is really good again a nifty little little bit of music as well which is you can usually count count on from him but it's certainly not not one of the best from either of those guys no uh, not at all. And then, obviously, you know, we're, we're kicking off best of the best <laughs> tonight. I had a little bit of a look at part three. Didn't mind it. You said that there was a fair <laughs> cast there. There was. There was a fair cast. There was uh, Christopher McDonald was in there. Gina Gershon was in there. Mark Ralston. Ali Ermi was in there for a little bit. So, I mean, shit, for a straight-to-video picture... Little martial arts fair. It was. It was all right. Well, maybe they weren't. They was maybe the third one still went to the cinemas. Because I noticed that Twentieth Century Fox came up at the front of Part Two. Mm. So I was kind of thinking maybe on, they maybe they got a little bit of it, you know backing. Yeah, it didn't on Part Three, but Miramax did. So <laughs> there was still some 
you know, some clear. There's still some level of cash involved. Yeah. And, and so did it did it go down a treat for you? Well, it was going down a treat, but unfortunately the only copy I could stumble across was um <laughs> on a random YouTube site that only had the first fifty nine minutes of the movie. So I'm still looking to wrap it up. I think I've got about twenty five <laughs> to go. <laughs> I've got to find that somewhere. <laughs> and look, now that I'm this far in, it may I may end up on Amazon. That might be my only option. <laughs> now, did you finish things off with four? No, I started four. I only got a I only got a, a few minutes into part four. Right. I mean, it has it's got Ernie Hudson in it, and I think there was uh, Tobin Bell's in it. Probably not a name at the time, but he's a decent enough level actor now that but he'd started off like a it started off like a cut rate diehard. Really? So things were starting to I mean, they've gone everywhere in this series. How, how poor old Philip Ree, and I'll get to him later on, but he seems to be thoroughly outmatched in the acting stakes. <laughs> Possibly. He's likable <laughs> enough, but yeah, he yeah, might he's be got a some, challenge there. He's got some acting problems. But there is another actor in the sequel who I'm going to point the figure at. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I think I may know who that is. <laughs> Both films have had very decent casts. Like these two films yeah. as well had casts yep. that you can kind of count on a little bit. And not to spoil it before we get into it, but you know, I think that kind of helps when you, you you're working with low yeah, budget fare. Yeah. Uh, but anything else, mate? No, that was it. That was, uh, yeah. Oh, actually, no, sorry. I got, I got onto the first two episodes of WandaVision as well. Oh, uh, yeah. What's that like? So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. Like, I'm, I'm wrapped up in it because I'm, I'm sort of, you know, obviously it's going to go somewhere. But the style of choosing these old sitcoms has actually worked really well. They've actually got a bit of mileage out of it. It's quite, quite funny and kind of endearing to, to see the characters in that situation. So... Mm. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And obviously throughout you get these little moments of hey, there's you know, there's something more going on here. Right. Um, which, you know, is is clear and you've got your own sort of theories on that anyway. But it's yeah, it's it's very it's a lot of fun so far. Alright. That's good. Alright. I went to the cinema first time in a little while. I had a card for Christmas. So we went and saw the dry. Uh, the new Australian film oh, with yeah. Eric Banner. Yeah, we're meaning to check that out. Mate, it yep. is really, really good. It's a slow burn, but it's a tidy little thriller. And um, mm. Banner gives a really good performance. Mate, kudos to Matt Nabel, who is like this asshole <laughs> town asshole. He is gold. Absolute gold. But the film is good. I was surprised at how um, kind of... Because it kind of it, it sets itself in there was an incident that occurred back in when he was a kid when Banner was a kid. Yeah. Now there's an incident today, mm-hmm. and they're kind of connected, and they kind of draw yeah. you along, and you keep thinking to yourself, "What happened? Like, what's the what's the connection bit here?" So they do a really really good job well, of teasing uh, it out. That's that's the idea, mate. That's yeah. what you're supposed to be doing. Isn't yeah, but it? it's a really good, <laughs> yeah. Most of them, a lot of these things get it wrong. Yeah. And. I think in this case they they do a really good job and get it pretty much right. So I was I was pretty uh, yeah. pretty happy with how it all played out. Yeah, I watched good. it's another kind of horror thriller called Becky mm-hmm. that has Kevin James, Paul Blart, Morcop as the yeah. villain. 
of the piece. And it's kind of like a, it's almost like a sort of nasty Home Alone yeah. type of thing. Look, it wasn't bad. Uh, it was quite grotesque, which was always, always good for a, you know, a, a, a horror-loving bloke like myself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also got Joel McHale in it, I believe. So, ah, always good. Yep. And Kevin James is surprisingly menacing as a bad guy. Uh, and, and quite, yeah, it's probably a, probably a better turn than um, trying to be an action movie that, <laughs> you know, the one on Netflix that yes. Kibo was filthy about. Yes. And look, the bloke's never been a bad actor. It's just that his style has always been that kind of, you know, Joe Schlub or, you know, hanging around with Sandler. So yeah. he doesn't really get to do anything. So I kind of like the fact that he, he, he's gone and done this and he is quite... He is quite good in the role, but yeah, it's a handy mm. little, handy, handy little um, horror film. I also checked out one that I'd been meaning to see for a little while. It was called Let It Snow, uh, and mm-hmm. it's basically a kind of like a survival uh, mixed with a slasher film set in like the you know up on the um, up up in the Alps sort of thing. Yeah, and the idea is really good. You know, you sort of get up. She gets up there onto what's called Black Ridge with her boyfriend and then things go to shit and suddenly she's got to start surviving. But there's also this ski mask clad sort of murderer who's actually after her. And I thought that's, you know, that could be kind of interesting. But fuck, mate, it just stretches it. It stretches it thin <laughs> as it can get. I mean, 80, it's barely 80 minutes and it's stretched. Where and did you come did you Did you pay for this one? Yeah, I had to pay for it. Oh, so I was oh. thoroughly unenthused that I had to pay for it because it's fairly new. <laughs> it only came out yeah. like a couple of months ago. Yeah. And it looks great. You know, my, my feeling for Snow-Capped Mountain, it looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And there yeah. are a couple of really cool set pieces that they do, which I liked. But fuck, mate, the use of handheld cameras, mate, it's not Warren Miller's latest film, okay? It's a horror movie. <laughs> God's yeah. sake. You know, the camera Warren is... What was it? Warren Miller's latest time of living. living. <laughs> <laughs> not for the week of... Fate of heart or week of bell, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just... They really... They kind of butcher... They just kind of botch it a little bit. And which which was disappointing because it actually had some some quality about it in terms of how it was directed and stuff. Like it's really really well in terms of the, some of the shots and stuff. But the, the the shitty camera work and stuff like that it just sort of blew it. And and when you finally get to the answer, it's kind of like oh, <laughs> right. So that's it. Yeah. So it did a little bit of a disappointment. I started watching uh, the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Oh yeah, fuck that's yeah. good. <laughs> Surprised mm. me heavily because it's it's about chess, and I kind of thought nothing of it when it first came on Netflix. Like I saw it briefly, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah. And then my wife watched it. <laughs> yeah, she loved it. And then everyone at work was like, "You've got to watch this thing." And so I said, "All right, well, I'm on leave, so I'll give it a crack." And for a show about chess, which you wouldn't consider to be a highly exciting experience. They do a really good job of kind of like creating a, a tension and stuff to the games and that that she's in. Yeah. And then they have kind of like all the side story about what's going on in her life. And it, it, it's going on greatly. I'm on to part, uh, episode four of six, I think, or seven. 
So mm-hmm. I'll check out the rest of that. I watched the first episode of another show that's on there that I'd, I'd seen ages back and I thought I'd give it a, a, a go because I was sitting on my ass, <laughs> sitting on my ass at home. It's called Outer Banks and it's kind of like a, a – I guess you'd call it kind of like one of those type of simple plan. Uh, simple plan. You ever seen that movie? Yeah, yeah. That type of thing. In this case, it's a group of like – uh, I guess you'd call them teenagers who come across a, a boat that's been sunk, and then they it, it turns out that whoever owned the boat has got a large amount of cash in a safe back at a hotel and and the like. So you know, mm-hmm. and they're now sort of being followed by the police and everything like that, and they and they're trying to sort of hide it. Yeah. Uh, look, the first episode was okay. I might give it another go, but I wasn't exactly jumping jumping through, jumping up and down about it. Okay. And the last one is I told you I told you I checked this out. I checked out the first episode of Walker, the reimagining of Walker <laughs> Texas Ranger. Yeah. Instead, loved it. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. Look, it's just generic. Like the, I was talking to my wife after I'd watched it, and I said, "Remember Lethal Weapon, the Lethal Weapon TV show." It reminded me somewhat of that, real playing it mm. safe, real generic. Look, I think I think Jared Padalecki's quite good. I like him as an actor; he's likable. But the show's just so generic, and maybe it's because it's the pilot. But it just seems like it's not going to go anywhere that we haven't seen a thousand times before. And I think it doesn't really. It's not really the same as what the Chuck Norris one was. Are you telling me that what they're lacking is a strong lead like Norris? Well, that's, you know, something to no. keep involved and coming back week after week for nine years? No. What I'm going to say or is... 11 years or whatever it was. <laughs> Chuck understood his, his fans. They wanted him to <laughs> insert his foot into someone's date every 15 minutes. You know, like <laughs> that... And Walker was just your classic sort of hero. He went around and every time he he was just in, <laughs> impossible to hurt. He was infallible. And he knew everything. You know, that type yeah, of shit. Yeah. This one's different in that Walker's kind of, you know, had a tragedy in his life and he's a bit of a piss pot and, yeah, that kind of thing. And he's no good with his kids and all that type of stuff. Fine. But we've seen all this, mate. Mm. And apart from, you know, Mitch um, Pelegi as his father, nice choice. But other than that, it is real by the numbers. And as I was saying to my wife, it's no surprise it's 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 on like the CW or whatever it's on, because shows on those channels are they they don't take any chances, mate. They don't challenge you usually, because mm. they just want to go to the masses, you know. And most people will go with it. And that's what, what I think will happen here. It's just going to go straight down the line. Yeah. If there's a twist, Jared, I'll be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, there won't be a twist in his jeans because they're too bloody tight to get Oh, no, no, no. They're action jeans. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but I'll watch the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, of course you will. <laughs> Yeah, you'll yeah. get sucked in. You'll tell me how you tell me how ordinary it is, and then three seasons later, you'll be still telling me how ordinary yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, still yeah, you know what, Jared? It's kind of like those 
maybe how you feel about some of those superhero shows that are on the CW. Yeah, yeah. They started well, off that's... well, but they yep. eventually and evidently just go down the same route and hmm. don't do anything great with the material. And a number of them had the same template. Yeah. Like you could see a character was fitting into the same sort of the, the same slot that they created, you know, like oh this is the this is the friend who's really good with tech. Yeah. Or this is the one that's a little bit funny, like it was just all yeah. And that's all very much the same. I think that's what you get on what you'd call free to air television, I guess. <laughs> and this is no different. And look, I'm not against these shows. Don't get me wrong, I'm not against I, they're like comfort food, I get that, but you've got to you've got to have some sort of excitement. I mean, there's absolutely nothing going on in this episode. <laughs> there's nothing going on. He doesn't, you say, tell me he doesn't kick anyone's up. No, like that's what I mean. Fuck. Where's the ass kicking? Is his name even Cordell Walker? Yeah, if he hasn't that's kicked the anyone's only ass? thing they take from the the other version. I think. To me, the first thing you do, you give me a a very dodgy um, Chuck Norris cameo. <laughs> Yeah, of course. And then you kick the shit out of somebody. The first person who says hello to Walker should cop a <laughs> cop a slip into the slip into the face before they've even finished. Yeah, I mean, the other thing too, Jared, is if you're delivering a pilot, surely you got to go all out. Like the first yeah. episode's got to have an exciting set piece or an explosive action scene or something. Does it not? Isn't this mm. how you grab studios and um, TV stations and say we want to be, you know, you want us on because it's exciting? Yeah. I mean, well, look at look at those fucking nine one one shows. That's how they do it. Yeah. You seem to feel like if you if you're pitching at the CW, you need them to finish up the episode and say mediocre. We love it. Give us a seat. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> oh, this will be perfect. Tastes like <laughs> tastes, tastes exactly like a shit yeah. sandwich. <laughs> I can Beautiful. already see this at seven. I can already see this at seven to eight o'clock. Beautiful. <laughs> give, us, give us twenty-four eps. <laughs> Look, I don't think that I think that they've wisely. A lot of these shows have wisely cut down to like thirteen eps. Which is a bit smarter. Mm. You can you can get more mileage and and spread your storylines out longer and have more seasons. But I've got, yeah. I'm going to take a punt. Walker's not getting to season two <laughs> <laughs> unless he fucking. I might starts. even. I might yeah. take your. I might take your bet on that. You want to take my bet on that? I, I reckon right. I might take a bet and say it'll get it'll get a it'll get a deuce. <laughs> okay, it'll okay. pick up, and before you know it, Walker will be the hottest thing on TV. <laughs> well, according to the word on the street, it did all right. <laughs> 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 it did all right. But of course, I, it did. I'm baffled. Jesus. I am baffled to what people saw in it. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Okay. Again, kick the shit out of somebody. <laughs> yeah, but that's coming in episode two. I bet. Or yeah, well, they're going to keep you hanging until maybe they'll keep you hanging until episode ten or something, and then Walker will dole out, the, you know, the the king of all ass kickings, and then you'll be back in. You'll be ready <laughs> no, for season two. Do we do something? I'm going to watch episode two, and if he wallop, wallops somebody good, I'm in. I'm back on. <laughs> yeah, you're back. I'm back on deck. <laughs> yeah. All right. Quick, a little quick sidebar before we we get into these films because we've got two to cover. I've I've been reading a fair bit, Jared, and I believe you've also been reading the same book that I have, uh, Taking mm-hmm. Shape, Part Two, 
the Halloween, yep. unproduced Halloween scripts. And I actually also read three of the scripts that were in it mm-hmm. in full. I read the Halloween Retribution one, Halloween 3D, and Halloween Returns, which are all near the end of the book, if I'm not mistaken. Look, I really like the book. My one gripe is put all the interviews at the back because it's pretty obvious that when they give, when he gives the spiel about what the script's about, you can see a lot of it's come from the interview, obviously. So yeah. I don't need to repeat that directly after it. So put all the interviews at the back, and if I want to read the interviews, I will. A couple of the interviews were good because yeah. they actually went into the Miramax saga, which was interesting. My counter to that would be there's so much information in there that I, I got the same. There was a couple of points in the interview where it was clear that's where the information that he'd spoken yeah. about came from. But there was also more around that. And I feel you can skip him if you want to, but if you put him at the back, there is so much fucking information. By the time you got to the interview at the back, you would just be sitting there going, I can't even remember the script that he's talking about because there's <laughs> yeah, so true. much He in does there. give a quick um, pricey right at the end too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I sort of, I didn't mind the interviews there because it was like you could, you could uh, read that if you wanted to continue. Otherwise, you just skip it and get on to the next next I film. Skim read a and lot I skim I pretty much, I, I've read, I read, I've read all the interviews so far. I mean, how could you, how could you skip the interview about the Halloween where Michael was dressed in leather and throwing oh, keys no, to I himself and stuff? I did not skip that interview. That guy was a <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Those two get a fucking gig. Well, that script was it's... an abomination. <laughs> Bloody ridiculous! <laughs> Who came up with that? Well, there was there was parts of it that were classic slasher, but as soon as you have, I mean, when you have Michael leathered up driving a driving a bloody <laughs> what was it? He was a driving Porsche. a Ferrari He's with a, a Porsche with the with the license plate that said One Maniac. I thought, mate, you've got to tone this down. Like you should have been. When they said, oh, yeah, yeah, they they took the script and then they said they liked it. We never heard anything. Um, <laughs> we never heard anything from anyone again. And I thought, well, <laughs> did you read your own scripts? Because I could tell you why you didn't get a call back. Like, the whole thing started off at a fucking disadvantage when uh, Michael's picked up by a helicopter and he's... His corpses, his body <laughs> carried by helicopter, and then the cable cuts and he falls into the fucking ocean. <laughs> I was just like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are we doing? That was, that mean, was um, comedic like, genius, though, that. that it that seemed shit. like that was at the period where Trankus was just. If you didn't cost much, they'd give you a shot at the script. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you were coming, if you if you were fresh out of film school, or you know, someone they'd bloody met, you like this guy was the lead singer in a band, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, if you were in a second tier cock rock band in the 80s, you got a gig. Oh god! Yeah, you bump into someone in LA, and next thing you know, you're writing a script for Halloween. Like, what's... I will say this: the three scripts that I read. All of them had their moments, and they were quite good. Mm. The 3D one had some, a couple of really good set-piece things. The only problem with it was, for me, that it was trying to follow on from Rob Zombie stuff. So there was yeah. a bit of that sort of fucking sleazy bullshit in it. Yeah, um, well, you used the term already, mate. Fool's errand. You, you, yeah. you just don't follow that up. But they just did a surprisingly it. good job, considering. Um, yeah. But... The the best one was Halloween Returns. 
it was actually pretty good. And I mm. wouldn't have been surprised had they have gone that direction and probably would have been pretty happy with it. But I think what they did with 2018 is the best way to go. Yep. And that's it. So All right. let's take a break. We'll warm up our faces to get kicked a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and here is the trailer for Best of the Best. A team is not a team if you don't give a damn about one another. Going number one or number two? Trust dead. Mom, I gotta go. What does it take to turn five uncontrollable characters into one unbeatable team? Even with my help, it will be difficult not nearly impossible to defeat a team from Korea. I'm afraid. You need this fight bad. You need this fight for you, man. I'm here to teach you how to win. Winning isn't a sometime thing. Winning is an all-time thing. This is the only thing I know I am good at. Don't take that away from me. You can work, you can sweat, you can train, you can dream and never be better than good. But when the right people come together at the right moment, when they care almost as much about winning as they do about each other, they can become the best of the best. The Best from 1989, directed by Robert Radler, who directed Showdown. It's produced by Philip Ree, who produced Underdog Kids, and Peter E. Strauss, who produced The Jacket. The story's by Philip Ree and Paul Levine, who wrote Aurora Operation Intercept, and it's written by Paul Levine, with additional dialogue by Max Strom, who wrote Criminal Passion. It stars Eric Roberts as Alex Grady, Philip Ree as Tommy Lee, James Earl Jones as Frank Cuso, and Sally Kirkland as Catherine Wade. The budget was $5 million and the box office was $1.7 million worldwide. Eric Roberts and James Earl Jones previously starred or starred together in The Ambulance. And also the cast includes one Oscar winner, which is Louise Fletcher, and three Oscar nominees. Uh, Eric Roberts, James Earl Jones, and Sally Kirkland. Now, Darren, your thoughts, best of the best. Well, I was pretty happy to, to go and have a look at this one again because I watched it a number of times when I was a kid, but I hadn't seen it. I reckon it would be at least, I reckon it's probably 20 years since I've seen it. Yep. So 
when we brought it up again, I was I was pumped to to go and have a look. I would describe it as I mean, it's like the Karate Kid for adults, basically. It's it's got those, you know, the underdog kind of parts to it. It's got a little bit of Rocky mixed in. It starts off pretty well. You get a little bit of James Earl Jones, and and you, you know you're pretty happy early. The team's coming together. It's a bit of a lull. It does sort of um, drop off slightly in terms of the story, and the story's a bit muddled. But it it comes home like a fucking rocket. Like, <laughs> I mean, the tournament squeezes every cliche you can think of, but it all somehow works. So I I, I think. I'm probably over overshooting the mark a little bit here, but I'll, I'll give it a three. You give it a three. Well, Jared, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to overshoot you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had this movie is as dumb as a box of rocks. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's there are many times I laughed when I probably shouldn't have been, <laughs> but I had a hell of a time with it. It's it's extremely entertaining. It mixes Rocky with everything from Top Gun to bloody... I mean, we even get a short stint of the Double Deuce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get a little bit of Roadhouse in there. <laughs> yeah, and it just... It, it leans into all that stuff. And yeah. it, it, it's not afraid to be understand, look, this is dumb. But yeah. it still manages to squeeze a couple of things out of it, a little bit of emotion and, and the whole deal in this... A hundred minute package that's pretty damn entertaining. Apart from Chris Penn being a racist and sexist twat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a great yeah, time. I gave it three and a half. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. So I'm not I'm not on the own there. That's good. And, good and look, know. as far as dislikes and, and likes, I had them in specific spots, but some of it was that I might have dislikes, but I was laughing my ass off. Like Yeah, same. I was having great fun with it. So I yeah, mean, I had a bit of a laugh at some of the dislikes too. Just to kick it all off, it's a pretty decent cast for a f- yeah, small budget director. Well, I guess this went to theatres, but it was never really anticipated to be anything, I guess, successful. No, I don't think it was anticipated. Well, I don't think they would have anticipated getting three sequels out of it. No. In, you know, in today's, in today's um, game of who should have known better, James Earl Jones, I mean... When he when this script comes across his desk, he should know better. But oh yeah, he should obviously have just gone next. <laughs> they've enticed him in, and having a little bit of uh, a little bit of gravitas like that certainly helps. As you mentioned, you know, there's there's people that have been nominated for Oscars. Someone like Eric Roberts, who is pretty solid here. Chris Penn is an absolute ball bag, but he wasn't a bad actor. <laughs> so um, it's pretty it's pretty solid all around. Yeah, there's a weak link. <laughs> but for the most part, everyone does a decent job. Now, yeah, I think so. The MVP for me is James Earl Jones, who is way yes. over the top and screaming constantly, but he's just got such a presence on screen that I was mesmerized yeah. by the bloke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just dribbling shit. It's one of my favorites is how he goes. Who knows? One of you guys might get laid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great delivery. I was just like, this I is only a couple of minutes after out. he's like, yeah, this is only a couple of minutes after he's just you know, finished up for the next three months. 
No women. No drinking. And then he tells them, that, you know, we're going to take you in a bus for a night on the town. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> and there was a moment that I, I absolutely was in stitches about where after they fucking head down to the double deuce and absolutely wreck the place. And then you, I didn't even realise he was there. And then it just sort of pans over and, you know, they've kicked the shit out of everyone. And here's James Earl Jones sitting in the bar and he goes... All right, break it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, like, I mean, this, it's a touch light, mate. <laughs> yeah. He's he's taking a few cues from the um, you know, the, the master in kickboxer that teaches Van Dam how to fight and, you know, takes him down to the bar. I believe the Korean team were were also using some of those methods as well, you know. <laughs> Um, get get out in the snow, get your shirt off, and start chopping trees with your hands. Like, <laughs> there was plenty of uh, questionable that... techniques being used. Some of that was genius. Yeah, yeah. And while we're out here, just go and stand under a waterfall for twenty minutes. You know. <laughs> I don't know. And I also don't know. I'm, I was I was looking at it and I'm thinking, they're obviously, you know, obviously the Koreans are sending out the cameraman to film all this. This is, is so they're being sent like a hype reel of the, of the, of the Korean team training methods. Like, what? Because at one point they're running slow-mo through the slow and growling like bears. I was like, that's how you tough it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Harden up. Get out there. Bear crawls in the snow. 20. Go. 20 minutes. Oh, God. If they had it zoomed in, you would have seen the, the stakes dangling from around their waist. Um, <laughs> I love Van Damme. <laughs> well, you know what? It's not too far off. This I feel the same no. way that, that I feel about this as how I feel about Kickboxer. Yeah. Which is also dumb as dog shit. <laughs> you know, yeah, but, but again, wildly entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kickbox is a little bit further off the reservation than this one. But yes. they're, they're cut from the same cloth. Now, Jared, the soundtrack to this particular film is mesmerising stuff. <laughs> Every five seconds there's a, there's a song. One of them, it opens with something called Tales of Power. <laughs> Yeah, tales. Oh, shit. Tales of power, and I was just like, "That song name is awesome." <laughs> yeah, every time you hear a song, it's like the you know the producers have played the first minute of "Eye of the Tiger" and said, "Give me some of that. Just <laughs> yeah, give me well, a bit of that." Basically, yes. Because they had that one. They had another one that was like, when they're running laps, it's called something so strong, and it's written by a bloke by the name of Jim Capaldi. <laughs> Once again, they have. They've boiled this film down to its essence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there was there was no shortage of montages to, oh, to squeeze it into. You like, said there was a lull. Bullshit. That was the best part of the film. Fucking yeah, I meant to say there was montage. a lull between montages. <laughs> six montages in a row at one point. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like there was only two minutes between, you know, when the last montage was finished. And then someone's cranking out push-ups and here you get like here it comes again. I'm like, fuck. I thought we finished. 
Yeah, yeah, what though? I think I sent you a text during the, the film. Eric Roberts has got a highly underrated mullet. He does. Like, that He's is a cracking that, and that, awesome that is mullet. cracking, and it would go toe to toe with Russell Gibson, yeah. Swayze. Look, the first time I saw him on screen, I thought I'd accidentally turned on Samurai Cop again. <laughs> like he, was, he had the same kind of look that that bloke was going for. So, yeah, highly underrated. It's highly underrated. the longest and, mullet episode. And he looks quite fetching in what looks to be like a cricket jumper. <laughs> <laughs> what he's doing. <laughs> He's teaching his fucking son how to ride a bike. He's got like, he looks like he should be fucking standing on the cover at Lords or something. Yeah, yeah. He's just walked off the pitch. He's just, you know, he's just finished up for the day. Knocked up. Look, probably knocked up a probably knocked up a half ton at at, at worst. Yeah, half ton. He, up a few he's wickets. also threatened the umpire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he threatened to kick the umpire's head in. So yeah, he he certainly. I look, don't sleep on Eric Robinson's mullet. That's basically the the uh, moral to that story. Mm. It's a little bit clunky, but I actually think that they do a pretty good job in the first ten minutes to explain. Quickly, that Roberts has a son. He's asked to try out for the team. He's got a shoulder problem. That sort of that was the reason why he's had to put he had to pull out previously. So they just mm-hmm. give you a little bit of that, an understanding of where these things are all going to tie back later. Yeah, but they're quickly dispensed out, which yep. is good in anything like this. You know, like you got to quickly get that shit out of the way so you can run a montage. <laughs> you can have That's right. Montages in a row. And it wasn't long before we got the first trials during, uh, sorry, the first montage during the trials, which again, you know, building up character. I love that we kick off the first montage with Chris Penn bowing to his opponent and then kicking the other bloke in the face when he bows. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, number one, that's perfect. Second, again, isn't that, is he scoring a point for that? (laughs) Yeah, how's that not? No, no, no. (laughs) No, no, you can't do that, mate. That's illegal. But yeah, classic, classic stuff. Yeah, and that that montage quickly again sets a bit of a tone and gives us who's who's making the team, and it yeah. quickly gives us a short, very short, little piece about each member. So we kind of one guy's a bit of a Buddhist guy who who meditates and stuff. One guy's from Detroit. We always hear about him being from Detroit. Then yep. we hear about Tommy, and the death of his brother. And obviously we've got Alex. Oh, and Chris Ped. Yeah, the giant yeah. fuckwit who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've life. got some very amusing um, comments about him in part two. <laughs> Look, he'd have he'd have good footwork though, because he was taught how to dance by Kevin Bacon. So I'm sure oh, true, that would come in, true. That would yeah. come in handy when he was you know trying to whip out a quick sidekick or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Look. I'm yeah, not going to lie to you, he was in better shape in Footloose. With... <laughs> he, he wasn't looking Prior to attending high school dances with Kay Bacon, he, he couldn't, you know, couldn't put one foot in front of the other, so. <laughs> yeah, well, according yeah. to Footloose, if you if you believe Footloose, he couldn't fucking walk. <laughs> Prior to meeting Bacon. So, you know, now he dances everywhere. Mm. Okay. I love the fight in the bar. Oh, brilliant. I mean, brilliant. it is 
we are almost, you know, double deuce going nipple to nipple, you know, that sort of shit. Yeah. But what I love about it is I shouldn't laugh, shouldn't have laughed at this, but I couldn't help <laughs> yeah, myself. I know what you're talking he about. He walks what you're up talking. to Job the bloke and he ducks and jobs his pieces. <laughs> I mean, it was one of the funniest. Like it was so unexpected. He comes, he comes, he comes, cane holder in double denim, threatening to punch Chris Ben. <laughs> he really wallops it. <laughs> It surprised me. And then I immediately started tackling. (laughs) I liken it to the kid getting uh, run over in two hands. (laughs) I I just wasn't expecting it. And so it just, yeah, yeah, it shocked me. You know what? I also love Kane Hunter. He is talking about fucking, he is wandering around that bar with his chest poked (laughs) out. Yeah, desperate to fight, and then I believe he smashes a beer bottle and goes, "I want your balls or something." <laughs> you know. By the way, oh. so obviously we've got Jason in there. Yeah. So in part three, what's his name? Michael Bailey Smith, I believe his name yep. is the guy that played Super, Super Freddy. Freddy. Is in there. So Philip Ree has had a hand <laughs> in kicking both Freddy and Jason's ass. Um. But Pam from part five was also in Best of the Best, but she was cut. Her role was cut. Was she the one who got smacked in the face? <laughs> 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 Honestly, that was one of the... I mean, I was the same. I, I felt bad for laughing, but it was such a comical moment. Because <laughs> even the bloke goes, oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> Doesn't someone express that you've really fucking, you really hit it pretty hard? There. <laughs> <laughs> it was bloody ludicrous. Oh, oh, I love it. God. I love it. Yeah. But then beyond that, there's also, um, that's the first time, other than the trials, we get a bit of, you know, we get a bit of the martial arts action in there. We get yeah, a bit of the yeah, fighting. True. So, and the trials martial arts of, from Philip I, Reed. I actually felt the trial stuff was a little bit boring. In the yeah, way it was, was presented. It was a little bit. Because especially given that, you know, they introduced these handful of blokes beforehand and then you're like, oh, shit, well, that's the team. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we knew who they all, they all were before they, before they got selected. Whereas it should no have been more there. organic, you know, Grady's our guy mm. that we're following into the, into the tryouts and then we kind of, when it's all over, we meet the, the group. Yeah. Then it becomes montage time. Now you mentioned oh, it's the Korean Central team. After this. The Korean team. Their training methods are what I, I could only describe as unorthodox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the American team was also going for a little bit of. I love the, the slow mo shot of them running through the beach at sunset. Yeah. yeah. Just magic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also another one I think where they're um. They're, they're training, I think, in the gym, basically in the dark. <laughs> Everything's yes. in shadow, and every like sweating like Patrick Gilly. Oh God! Turn the aircon <laughs> yeah. on the lights. They're really putting idiots. in. They're really putting in. And then my favourite of the montage pieces, Philip Ree 
has an altercation with the coach over the death of his brother. Yes. He hops on his motorbike with his leather jacket and aviators and goes for a fucking jaunt, which is vaguely reminiscent of Maverick and <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And slightly reminiscent of um, Charlie Sheen parodying <laughs> Maverick in Hot Shots. <laughs> As a soft ballad plays as he drives. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. So this didn't really pan out, but I liked initially that the bit of back and forth with the guys that were backing the team and with James Earl Jones. Yeah. Because he was preaching, you know, he's preaching team and doing it his way and whatever. So I like the fact that they, they came in and they just said, look, this is what we're doing. You know, yeah. we're getting the new trainer. She, We've got some methods here that we think will work, so you've just got to live with it. So, I mean, it it didn't really pan out, but initially I was, I liked the fact that he had his his uh, things to work through as well. Mm. That he was going to have to find his way through working with someone that he wasn't particularly wanting to work with, even though it was a little bit hypocritical. It sort of. It was. It, it kind of seemed like it was going to be a nice subplot to start with. Yeah, it kind of got cut, which is yeah, was disappointing. It didn't, didn't pan out, but no. initially I was I was looking like that was going to be a little bit of a positive to it. It's interesting looking at the film. It kind of is almost two different films because all of that stuff is is contained within that first probably forty five minutes. With. Mm. We, we, we have him having the, the sort of the back and forth with Sally Kirkland and then you've also got those the guys who run the team kind of occasionally popping in. But then that mm-hmm. just gets removed, essentially. Yeah. And, in fact, Sally Kirkland ends up doing very little in the second half. Yeah, not much at all. Yeah. Does one of my favourite things. It's in the dislikes. Piss my pants laughing. We'll get to it. <laughs> okay. Speaking of laughing... I could not stop laughing at um, Tommy witnesses the little boy drop his ice cream on the ground and then his brother gives him his. And it's reminiscent of when his brother died, he dropped his ice cream. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help it. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, oh, God, filmmakers, come on. (laughs) This is an unnecessary scene. Yeah, it was uh, a little over the top. I love the dance. The li- it still is in the likes, though, because it was piss funny. Yeah. I actually like the... Uh, and I, This goes back to me as a kid, because now, watching it now, again, it's a bit, bit silly. But I like the way that they get... Essentially, they're, they're in a... It's like they're in a classroom getting their assignments. Like, this is the bloke you're going to be fighting and oh, watching yeah. the videos. I still kind of dig that because when I was a kid, I remember watching that and, you know, when, they, when they're introducing him, you're, at that age, I was just sitting there going, oh, shit, look at this bloke. He's, he's kicking a tree or something. But then when they get to Day Han yeah. and they kind of build him up as the one that you're, you should be fearful of, at that age, it actually worked. There was yeah. a little bit of a mystique around it. And it kind of, it, I felt like it balanced not seeing those guys through the movie. Yeah. Like not seeing one of them kick someone's ass like we did with bloody I don't Tom know, Poe, Tom Poe or, something or someone like that. Like that. Yeah. It's sort of, there was a bit of a mystique to it, which I kind of like. Well, the good thing was that we kind of tied it back to Dehan having killed his brother as well. Yes, that was the wise, the wise choice. 
And I did sort of like the the sort of flashback that bleeds into Frank and the manager talking about Tommy and Dehan. Hmm. Now I can't tell. I got the sense that the, the the flashback sort of bled into one of their films. Yeah. Which I thought was actually not a bad little little technique. That that we yeah. were seeing these, we were we were seeing his flashbacks, and then they bleed into the manager finding out about why Tommy is possibly struggling with this. Yeah, and they did have a tape because he ended up showing it to him. Correct? Yes, he ended up giving it yeah. to Alex Wade. Whatever. Oh, it Wade. was a, Wade. Wade was the name, was it, or something like that? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I felt like that wasn't wasn't a bad little way to do it. I thought. I was surprised to see him here, but Ahmad Rashad? Yeah. But I thought that was a good move because <laughs> the guy's got one of those voices and he's been doing that type of stuff. For, you know, I don't know whether he'd been doing it then. Yeah. But we know not him sure. as a voice of basketball and stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure he would have got sent to, a, to an exhibition tournament um, involving just those two teams, but anyway. No, no. But what I like about it is usually commentary in a lot of these things is one of the negatives, whereas this guy's we've heard him before, we know his mm-hmm. voice, and it kind of works. He always pulls it off. So when yeah. he's commentating, it sounds realistic. It sounds legit, yeah. Yeah, legitimate. Right. So I kind of like that. I think that was a good manoeuvre. Again, I good don't call. know whether he was commentating in basketball back then or not. I mean, it was 1989, so I'm not sure. But it yeah. worked. It did. Going back a little bit again, the revelation that Frank was the coach of the team, when Tommy died, um, that was another one where I, I looked at it and thought, you know, it's one of those things where we should have known. Yeah. But by giving by him giving the information to the manager, it was sort of like you felt like, oh, okay, so he knows something. But then holding back for a while that it was him that was in charge of that team. Yeah. And that kind of what drives his methods. I think that worked out pretty well. I mean, as if... I mean, Tommy probably would have fucking remembered him or something or would have known through through some form of information that that was the bloke that was coaching the team when his brother got killed. But putting that aside, it was pretty good stuff. Put it this way. It worked for what it was doing. It could have yes. been... There could have been more. Like, mm. for me, I would like to have had... Well... Why was, you know, Frank could provide us some more un- understanding of how his, how he felt about it. It's very yeah, limited yeah. to that one sequence where he kind of just blurts it all out. Yeah, and again, I mean, probably going too early into, into some of the stuff that I disliked, but that could have tied into to, to Frank struggling to have somebody else have some control of the team as well. Yeah. Because he was almost like atoning for what had happened and wanted full control and wanted everyone prepared. So he had his own little bit to deal with too, which could have played into, this, See, you know, the, the, the trainer coming in with her methods. But, yeah, it didn't build up to that. I guess the difference is that kind of nuance is in Rocky or something like that. It's not mm. in this because what this is no. doing is trying to entertain. You know, it's... it's it's but about- that's, that doesn't mean, you know, when you see those things right there, why can't it be in there? Yeah, true. It can be in there, but it's just got to maybe, I mean, who knows, maybe it was in there and they cut it out. 
I don't think they would have had to spend too much time outside the double juice to really kind of, no, you know, just a couple of minutes juice. here and there. They needed to head back down to the double juice for another clean-up. <laughs> yeah, Beat another clean-up job. Kate Hodder again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look, oh, this, this is as expected as it comes, but I thought bringing back what's his shoulder in the key yeah. battle is, yeah, it was perfectly pitched for this type of thing. You know, well, you didn't know put him was, a, at, a, at a disadvantage. You know, you knew it was going to happen. Like the second it mentioned, oh, he's got a bung shoulder. It was like, okay, well, this is going to come up. But it still worked. Like, yeah. Telling Tommy to pop it and then hold out for 30 seconds. <laughs> he is awesome. going off in that sequence, too. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's certainly not underacting. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not a less is more kind of situation. Than no, that one. you know what though? Too my understanding of these films was Eric Roberts was the star, but yeah. he's not really in a sense of you know when you're coming down to this final fight, it's not his fight that decides things. It's no Tommy's. It's Tommy's. He wrote the and story. Tommy, well, that's right. He wrote the story. He yeah. ended up directing down the stretch. He was producing, so. Makes sense in that regard. But I kind of liked it from a sense of most people would have known Eric Roberts as being your star. He was on the front cover and, you know, all that sort of shit. So I'm thinking Eric Roberts is the man. Mm. And Tommy does kind of piggyback off that a little bit too. I think it was kind of smart how they built the team sort of vibe so when you were going back and forth between them a little bit, you didn't. You weren't too concerned. I mean, they could. I, I feel if I was if I was nitp- nitpicking, I probably would have picked one of those two to to put at the forefront, and it probably would have been Tommy's story as the more convincing one and the more yeah. more compelling one. But you know, as you said, Eric Roberts was the name. So they probably used that a little bit, had him a little bit more in the movie than he may have been if it had been another actor. And oh, know, I've actually got a dislike to some of that stuff, which which might have. Given us more time to flesh out someone like Frank. Yeah, possibly. I just felt that some of that stuff with the, those two characters and their backstory was kind of a little bit in the way. Yeah. Of what we were trying to accomplish of a kind of an underdog sports thing, uh, which was a surprise for me because the film starts as kind of an underdog sports thing and then kind of it's there but it's not quite. Yeah. It's 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 a weird mix. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had some dislikes about that, but um, <laughs> once again, I started cackling like an idiot when Tommy and Dayhan square off at the start of their fight. So they're right up yeah. there close, and the ref goes, go, and Dayhan just goes, whack, whack, and Jordan decks him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your confidence is high. <laughs> yes. And it was also funny, obviously, we've got the storyline about them being brothers, but then when you see these two blokes fight and they actually are brothers, the two actors. Yeah, they are. So they're kicking the shit out of it. Like, it was kind of, I don't know, it was funny to see them. I think you could kind of get a sense of that, but there was a little bit of the, the choreography and the way those two fought in the final fight. They clearly, they worked well together. Yeah. Because that, that fight was awesome. I really enjoyed yeah, that one. That was the, the, the best fight of the lot. Yeah, and as I said, they squeezed every they've squeezed every cliche they could find into the tournament. I mean, we've got um, you know the Americans getting down early, needing to fight back. We get Chris Penn's um, fight essentially going to the you know the their 
karate tournament version of overtime where we've got to smash some bricks and then Eric Roberts' shoulder's injured, but his son's there, so, you know, he wants to pop it back in and finish it off and then Tommy's avenging a death and then, you know, spoiler, spoiler territory, avenges the death and then in doing so convinces a whole country to stop being assholes, apparently going by what the story was saying of this, well, of this well, movie. <laughs> he's taking his cues from Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> exactly. So they, they squeezed whatever they could into it, but it just worked. It was a bit bonkers, but it worked. You know what? That was my final final lie. That I was expecting, like, honestly, I would have loved him to just fucking kick the bloke through the wall. <laughs> Kill him. Yeah. <laughs> I was all for that. But yes. I like the fact that he didn't do it. And yeah. then, surprisingly enough, I mean, don't get me wrong, Jared, it was only a single tear that came down, but I thought the end where they came <laughs> up to him and provided, uh, yeah, provided gave them their medals. It yeah. was kind it, of emotional in a cheap it warmed the, way. It warmed the cockles for about 10 <laughs> seconds for you, and then, yeah. you know, you were back to your stone-hearted <laughs> self. <laughs> yeah. I quickly started laughing about a woman getting punched in the face. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we're back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, no, that, that was, again, it was the rocky ending, you know. You lose, but you've gained the respect, but I Sorry, did like so that. Sorry, you, so you also, it warmed your cockles? Of course it warmed the cockles, you know. <laughs> that was the thing that always stood out from when when I was a kid. I hadn't remembered. I mean, I'd forgotten all about the fight at the Double Juice. But, but I remembered that. I, re- I, remembered, I remembered that part of the ceremony vividly and Dayhan limping over and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolute winner to finish off. Yeah, look, the, the the final fight is is the key, like is the best part of the film, and a lot yes. a lot of effort has been put into it. Yeah, along with squeezing the cliches in there, but I just felt it kind of worked. And look, these sports movies don't have to do much to have me fucking blubbering. <laughs> no, so you don't have to do much. But not a hell of a lot. It 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 worked enough here for me, but I didn't have any other yeah. likes. No, that was it for me too. All right. Philip Ree, writer, producer, not an actor, though. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty bad, Philip. Yeah, but he's, yeah, look, he is, he is, he's likable enough. stone face or stone heart, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's likable enough, but, you know, his expertise that he was bringing to the table was the martial art. That, exactly. That was... So you kind of cut him a bit of slack for that, but yeah, I, I would agree. He's, he's um, he probably could have, could have, uh, you know, taken Eric Roberts aside for a couple of hours and said, "Hey, can you just show me a couple of things?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, look, he's I'll not teach the worst. You... He's not the worst actor in the series, though. No, I'll teach. I'll teach you how to punch. You teach me how to emote or something. I don't know. Yeah, and then Roberts just goes, "Look, I can't do it." They <laughs> <laughs> haven't got enough time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, and also, look, I'm not going to rag on the casting because he does bring a touch of class to it, but what the fuck does James Earl Jones know about karate? Like, seriously, like, are, we buying that he's, are we buying that he's ever pulled on the gi and started busting a few boards? No, we're not. We're not buying it. And he, ne- <laughs> he never 
explains his uh, credentials <laughs> either. <laughs> I mean, if which I feel uh, we need to know. Essentially, James, you are watching training unless they're cracking out swords, Conan style, and then you can start getting involved about you know when I when I fought <laughs> when I fought Conan, this is how we did it, and then he, while he's there, he you know he might have a chat to Eric Robertson, you know, talk some hairstyling advice. Oh yeah, you know, back when I lived in a cave with a large crowd of barely dressed people, I was rocking the, the fringe of all yeah, fringes. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I did not wear a fleece. <laughs> I wore a uh, animal skin. <laughs> yeah, uh, we did. Yeah, we didn't have a cricket pitch back there. We had a massive flight of stairs, but we didn't have a cricket pitch. Yeah, but the pelt of a pelt of a bear made it pop. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Jesus. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Every time he came in and he started going, you know, he was talking about you know, dodge to dodge to the left and then use your ridge hand or something like that. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Stick to the stick to the uh, motivational speeches. What what was going on in the eighties of hiring actors who had no martial arts experience to be fucking martial arts coaches? Because <laughs> no, no. Pat Morita had zero martial arts experience. Either. Yeah, well, let's not. We don't look. We don't need to get too deep into that. We know why well, he, he was, was hired. And it was shit. Look, it was. It was thinly drawn racial stereotypes, Adam. Exactly. That's why he was hired. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. And, but, yeah, uh, it wasn't going to help Jones. me down, but yeah. the remake did a much better job of that. Yeah. Because it actually yeah. had an, an actor well, who was a martial had, artist. That's right. It had an actual and the, martial he, artist. And the wax on, wax off stuff was only part of what he was teaching him. Yeah. Not all but look, Marita was, <laughs> Marita was there for an acting role and he was pretty great. He that. was. He was good in that. And it's the same with James L. Jones. Although I still yes. would like to know what his credentials were. Yeah, exactly. That's I want to see. His, I want to, oh, mate. I want to see your black belt. <laughs> don't tell <laughs> yeah. me about it because yeah. I don't believe it. I did it. not see you wearing a black belt at any point. <laughs> yeah, James L. Jones definitely has a black belt in Bullshito. I'll tell you. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. What is he like? The bloke who got his photo taken with the fucking Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> One of those bikes, yeah. Yeah, he snuck on the pitch, and, <laughs> and now he's telling everyone, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a fully, fully certified karate coach." <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's, yeah, I think that's what it is. Along with Philip Ray's wooden head, there's, there's a few of the actors who are not good martial artists. No, like they haven't been chosen for their martial arts experience. I mean, the guy from Detroit, no, that's he right. does a spin kick and fuck. <laughs> it's it's just below the testes. <laughs> it's not yeah, it's not a proper kick. Well so when the trainer came in, she had some yoga. I think he might have needed to do a little bit a bit more of that and work on the flexibility to yeah, get his, I noticed get his, his legs a little bit higher. Was a little bit <laughs> his downward dog pose was a little bit off. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, look, you take the good with the bad on that front, don't you? Like, yeah. you've got Philip Ree, who's not an actor, but he's a, a good a good martial artist. And then you've got yeah. the others who are basically actors who, some of them probably dabbled a little. I mean, Chris Penn, come on. <laughs> surely, surely he's not a martial well, artist. Well, no. like I said, mate, good footwork. That's where it starts. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but only if um, bloody good was strong for the boys play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he fought dirty too, so I can buy that he got away with it. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Bit. 
Speaking of Chris Penn, I mean, I know, again, it was the time period or whatever, but his overtly racist bullshit that he goes on with for a large portion of the film, yeah, it, it brings nothing to the table. It, it Basically, I think they're trying to showcase that him and Tommy have a combative relationship, and then before he comes and says, oh, Tommy needs to be on the team. You know? Yeah, well this is the thing. There's no there's no there's no arc to that. There's no journey. All it is is he's a prick for the entire movie and then Tommy gives it back with one joke. Yeah. And then next thing you know, he's going into bat for Tommy. It's like what? <laughs> and where did that come Penn, from? Did you, now, please correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he make some sort of comment to Virgil about Labias and vaginas and stuff. He does, yes, he and does. And then I, I just, I, I just watched that scene. And I was just like, what, what have I just witnessed? <laughs> <laughs> what has happened? And then next thing you know, he's standing outside the women's toilet, the double deuce, trying to chat birds up. <laughs> yeah, and his line is, "Are you going for a one or a two? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, what, what about that? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, mate. What do you want me to say? To that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm definitely going for a two. That's what I'm telling him. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going right. for a three. It's going to have some blood in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to yeah. be the nastiest thing you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I'll be t- yeah, I'll be telling him I'm doing a two, so you don't want to be anywhere near it. So fucking <laughs> yeah, piss off, yeah, you uh, idiot. <laughs> take take three or four steps that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the smell is gonna knock your head off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he was a shocker. Yeah. <laughs> the, the he then tries that shit on the, the trainer as well. Asking about her phone number and stuff. I was just like, listen, yeah. can somebody just... There's many a martial artists in this room beat this fucking guy's head in. Yeah, someone just kick this bloke in the face. And <laughs> just do something for us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we talked about montages. Yeah. The, 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 the first time we see the American team do some training... I mean, you'd swear they'd never seen a fucking skipping rope. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Chris Penn, I think Chris These Penn, guys are professional like, martial artists. Yeah, Chris Penn, I think he like, I think it's Chris Penn, like hits his legs with it and then has a look at the person next to him to, to see how to skip. <laughs> I think if you were representing the USA in any form of sports, you'd probably know how to skip. <laughs> yeah, you well, you'd be a seasoned performer. You've just been selected. Yeah, you'd have been in the gym. I mean, they're doing push-ups and they all look like they're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in fairness, I probably would. <laughs> yeah, in fairness. But yeah, give me three. I, and I guess... Uh, I, I can't. I mean, I know what they're doing. The training montage starts with, we don't know what we're doing, we're not very good at it, and then we get better and better and better. But that, that doesn't yeah. work here because it works in Rocky because Rocky was a bum fighter. It was about to yeah, fight the right. heavyweight champion. Yeah. Um, yeah. This doesn't work because these are the, this is the cream, as the film title tells us, it's the best of the best. Yeah, that's right. You've just picked out of hundreds of blokes who are supposedly the, the top of the field and you've picked these guys. So yeah, you they're, 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 hand them a skipping rope, they look at you like, <laughs> what's this? Yeah. 
What do yeah, I do? I mean, they still would have looked, even if they were cranking out, you know, dozens of push-ups and, you know, whipping out the, the speed on the rope like Rocky does, they still go in and look at these blokes who are chopping down trees with their hand and don't <laughs> seem as impressive. <laughs> well, so... exactly. It's exactly like the, the, the juxtaposition of, you know, Rocky and Drago in Rocky Four. Yeah. Like, Rocky's training hard and properly. He's just doing it old school as opposed to, you know, Drago's methods of juice and, <laughs> juice and bloody, yeah. you know, punching pounds per square inch like you wouldn't believe. But that's the yeah. whole idea of it. It's clunky as hell, Correct. but it works. This doesn't work yeah. because you're saying, well, these, these professionals don't know how to skip or do push-ups <laughs> properly when we first yeah. meet them. Problem. They're professional athletes. Supposedly. What I said before, and for some reason I, I, I would call Dayhart Nick Fury because <laughs> that stupid eye patch he had on. <laughs> um, but uh, yes. I felt some of that stuff just kind of cluttered up things because, and again, maybe it might have been my, my thinking that this was a, a straightforward sports film underdog sports story, mm. and I just felt, you know, the death of his brother and, and wanting to get Dayhan and then Alex and having a child and all that sort of shit was just kind yeah. of like, it just felt like a little bit of padding almost. Well, look, you leave the brother because that that's classic revenge stuff. Like I said, they're squeezing every cliche into it. The real problem for me was the, the kid and the car accident. Yeah. I mean, that was an absolute... Dud. He, it was a dud of an attempt to create some drama. Like it yeah, just, and nothing happens from it. Like, <laughs> that's right. Really, it's just he didn't have a choice. That's that's what it comes down to. They 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 had two options. James Earl Jones is sorry is is saying you have you stay. That's the only option, and that was never really an option for him. Okay, I mean, anyone who who's a parent would know the guilt of something like that happening when you're not there. So I get what they were going for, and it's heightened by the fact that he's a single parent. But it it took a couple of minutes of the movie, and, I mean, I loved when he came back and, and was saying, I'll beg, you know, it's, it's, it's the only stuff I'm good It's the only thing I'm good at. I love that stuff. But in general, it was just fucking stupid. It just wasted a bit of time, really. Yeah. Um, and then, the, the, you know... The whole then, arc for... The brother's death should have been the arc for both Tommy and Frank. Yeah, well, I feel like, yeah, and, and this is the, probably the issue of having Eric Roberts in the role of, of the, the lesser of the two characters, really, is that it just it didn't have any development. It was just the kid, he, the, the accident happened and then he's back. And like you said, nothing happened to the kid. There was never any any danger there, and it just happened so quickly. And I felt like with a tiny bit more development, perhaps the team calling for him back then could have led into the moment Tommy coming back being being an absolute absolute winner. But it just it's a non-event. It's just a quick hi, I'm back, high five. We get on the plane. Yeah, exactly. So that that stuff probably could have been done away with. Yeah. Now I think this so. was this was probably as as. I keep saying I laughed heartily. I mean, obviously, I laughed heavily when the poor lady was punched in the face of the double deuce, but but this got equally as many laughs in my mind. 
There's a sequence where <laughs> yeah. Virgil's holding that pad and Tommy's yeah. kicking it, and then yep. it's supposed to tell you how hard you kicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Again, he kicks taking it from as, Drago. It's not, yeah, they, they stole it from the fucking Russians. But he, he says, yeah, you're not putting in, you're pulling your kicks. And so he goes into a proper stance and really lays the slippery. And it's, it's, he's kicking a pad and yeah, Virgil yeah. falls backwards onto the ground. And bugger me, they check his pulse. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he just got kicked hard and fell over. I mean, he's not dying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And checking his pulse and going, oh, I don't know. How is he? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. Took a no, look, it, well, it wasn't Chuck Norris, so he'll be fine. He'll be okay <laughs> if it was Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah, there would be no pulse. <laughs> yeah, so I laughed at the, I laughed heavily at that, and my final dislike also had plenty of laughs to it. During the final fight... And we talked about Frank's credentials as a coach. <laughs> yes. Virgil gets punched or kicked repeatedly in the head and Frank calls out, stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whole idea is when you are, you are clinging onto consciousness, there is no focus, Frank. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Look, mate, um, I'm focusing on how fucking sore my face is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm not. I'm not interested in focusing on where where we are in the tournament. Stay how many focused. points might have been scored? Oh my oh, it's god! Just, it's just great. He's just trying to go, oh, stay focused. Oh shit! Yeah, it's like again. What are your credentials? Because <laughs> that's yeah. not helping me. Yeah. Super. Super. Uh... Super coach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else did you have? So I, I mean, I had a couple of little ones. Like I said, I mentioned it before. I spoke a little bit about it then, but I think the the angle of James Earl Jones having to flex and learn something that then could have built into you know the reason that he doesn't was was Tommy's brother because he was coaching the team at the time. Mm. I mean, there's never a moment where she they have that meeting in the office, and it's it's like he's going to make it hard on her. But then there's never a moment where she has to to prove her methods or earn the trust or anything like that. Well, the other thing too is her methods. Her methods were, I think they were, they were tangible. <laughs> I don't think. Well, she was she was a practice uh, a bullshito practitioner as well. I think there was plenty of that going on. <laughs> that um, USA Karate's going. So we had two liars. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, two lies. So sorry, yeah, the eighty-nine team was being run by two lies. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's where it, I think that's where it stood. We also mentioned that it never really settles whether it's sort of Tommy or Alex's movie. It it, it starts as Alex's, yeah. and he gets a lot of lot of the screen time. But then you know the the big bad and the redemption angle goes to Tommy, and so a little bit little bit of clarity there could have could have helped things. I did mention through the guts. I felt, uh, you know, I felt I could have done with one little, you know, a little bit less montage, a little, a tad more story in there. <laughs> but my final one, my, my very last one is so Tommy doesn't kill Dayhan, and of course the ending is 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 a winner as it stands. But surely in the state he's in, he could have just fucking pushed him over and won the point, and that's game over, couldn't he? <laughs> 
Well, yeah. <laughs> but again, he did my, my kill blood blood him. the ass was saying, give him a fucking nasty flanky. <laughs> yeah, well, this is right. I mean, Frank is the worst coach in fucking sports history. He, does, he, he says, don't kill him. All you had to do was say, you know, follow that up with just sweep the leg and knock him to the ground gently. Like, <laughs> sweep the leg. And you come, out, I mean, you come out with the medal, mate. Yes. Yes, you would have. But also, I've got question marks. Why is there only career in the US? Like, is it a world tournament? What is it? No, exhibition. There was an exhibition, you know. So, um, <laughs> right, right. Okay. Yeah. But they said they only but, hold it every three years. It sounded like the Olympics. <laughs> Well, again, some clarity there could have... I mean, Ahmad Rashad was probably just making it up because they, when they, you know, they probably gave him the script and he said, so what where, What are we at? Is this the Olympics? No, no, it's just an exhibition. Oh, really? Like this many people here? How, how often do they hold it? Oh, we don't know. <laughs> just, yeah, you sounded mate. like a good story. <laughs> yeah. Ahmad started with, they hold it every 10 years. I said, oh, shit, no. Hey, yeah. we can't have that. That doesn't jive with the story. Yeah, I was just a little bit. I wasn't sure what the go was. To yeah, me, it struck I mean, me of course, as like an needed, Olympic style thing. Yeah, and of course, you know, I'm talking about that he he didn't he could have just knocked Dehan over, but I, I, you know, of course, we needed the stirring performance to make an entire group reassess whether or not they should act like <laughs> assholes or not. So. <laughs> yeah, what they weren't really acting like assholes. I mean, no, they weren't. Was, they weren't. They were barely well, this villains. Was, this was <laughs> another thing. Sketched. This was a, this was another thing. There was a part there. Where, and it was a classic little bit of pointing the finger at, at, at oh, these people are too elite and snobby or whatever. There was there was a, a, a picture of, a shot of some, some well-behaved Koreans, you know, just clapping and cheering and waving their flags. And then they cut to a shot of a bar in America with about six or seven bar flies lined up there going, hey, and I get yelling at the TV. And I'm like, so which one do you want to be? <laughs> I would prefer to be the first. Yeah, well, <laughs> Enjoying yeah, the sport. Last time I checked, standing out in the snow under a waterfall was not a fucking asshole move. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> I mean, surely you can find some peace and tranquility under the waterfall there. <laughs> really. Yeah, so good for I the mean, mental health, mate. Mindfulness. Yeah, in this day and age, that's what we're all doing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the bottom line is, they didn't really have a villain. They obviously want Dehan to be the villain because he killed his brother, but yeah, they well, this, don't look, really make him like Drago. This, that's why Drago works. This comes back to the Chris Penn stuff, right? It's yeah. it's just yeah, they're the villains because they're from Korea. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. It's just I that mean, time frame where that's that's, that's why Rocky yeah. Four. As much as I hate, I don't like Rocky Four. I understand Drago kills. Kills Apollo. Yeah. So you've already built in that he's a villain and he does it in a way that's kind of like he, he Cold cold blooded. Cold and calculate yeah, you know, and just having no he pushes the trainers out of the way and all that sort of shit. Yeah. I mean it's again, it's as clunky as hell, but it works because that's what you need. Whereas yeah, they and don't I think do it, that here. I, I like the videos, but yeah, that's I felt perhaps that was missing. Like you, you get if it was an if it was an actual tournament or there was something beforehand that it was it was like they had to go through qualifiers to get to that stage or something, that's where you possibly see a bit of that. Yeah, but again, the, the film is kind of like a half half. It's an, it's a it's kind of not. I don't. I wouldn't call it classic sports setup. 
It does no, some of and it, it really but then it adds dramatic elements it, that don't sometimes don't fit. That's right. It 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 really it nails the sports stuff down the stretch for me. Yes, the actual fight is is a winner. Yeah. Now is that everything, mate? That's everything. All right. Yep. Hold your horses. Here's the trailer for Best of the Best 2. Are you ready When a team sport becomes a blood sport. Did you kill Travis Brickley? Easily. Only the best survives. Bring me the one who did this. You want after it. To do something. I am one of three people that can teach you to be miraculous. If you're gonna fight him, you must be prepared to die. I look forward to killing you. Don't get on it. Eric Roberts, Philip Reed. Best of the best two this time. You love it, yeah! It's the fight of their lives. Best of the best part two from 1993. Directed by Robert Radler. Produced by Philip Ree. This time it's written by Max Strom and John Allen Nelson, who wrote Sunset Heat. It stars Eric Roberts as Alec Grady, Alex Grady, Philip Ree as Tommy Lee, and Chris Penn as Travis Brickley. The budget was seven million dollars, so an extra two million in the purse, and the box office was six point six million worldwide. Eric Roberts stated that he felt compelled to make this sequel to atone for the disappointment of the original film. Seems like a strange thing to say, considering I thought the original film was pretty good. <laughs> oh, thanks, Eric. Yeah. <clears throat> Jesus, Eric. How does he feel? How does he feel after? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this one made more money. Yeah, true. Okay, look. To me, it's a solid follow-up. Okay, it's not as good for me because it's not as steeped with that classic sort of sports stuff. It goes for more the blood sports style approach, which you know still works. Still works. Yep. I prefer the sports stuff. You can yep. get more emotional with the sports stuff. The choreography is much better, though, this time around. So yeah, the I fights think are much cleaner. They look better. Yep. I think they do a much better job there. But it's just not as entertaining as, as the predecessor. But I still gave it three out of five. You're right. I felt like the sports movie overall made for a better... Better film in the first in the first one. So coming into this one and getting, like you said, that blood sport kind of angle, I wasn't displeased when it all came together. I was okay no. with it. It was it was a nice little actioner. And you're right. I think there is more martial artists or or people that had practiced doing the fight scene. Yeah, in this one, and less of less of the actors required to do it. So that that all works out, and there's some pretty impressive stuff there. I dig the idea that you know of the of the the death matches taking place in that Vegas setup. It gave, yeah. gave us a really good opportunity to have someone like Wayne Newton come in, and he he was having a great time. I, yeah. I really liked 
when he was involved. Yes. So overall, I would probably lean towards the two and a half range. But again, I did have a pretty good time with it. The dipping quality isn't isn't that bad. It's, no, and there's it nothing. It just takes a different approach. There's nothing that I saw in there that really just put me off, and I was like, "Oh fuck, let's just hurry up and finish this movie." I was still pretty. No. I was still. I was still buying in for most of it. To kick the likes off, the fight choreography was just better, and you hit the nail on the head. I think that they, a lot of the 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 guys fighting in the arena are obviously skilled, so yeah. it makes for a better look. I thought bringing in some weaponry gave it a nice little touch. The nunchuckers, the 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 steel bars. Um, I love that dude with the hair. Yeah, that he that uses cool. to get him. Like they're just just mixing it up a little bit and bringing a little bit more of that sort of fanciful blood sports style stuff to the table. Yeah, and I think it works. Yep. You mentioned Wayne Newton. He is gold. He's, yeah, he's good. perfectly he's really over good. the top, and he reminded me very much of Richard Dawson in The Running Man. Yes, yeah, definitely. Same type of feel, you know, that that kind of game show-esque guy. He's super over the top, but he's got the perfect sort of delivery when he's in the Coliseum. Yes. And he kind of plays with it a bit, and he, you know, he's having a great old time. I mean, look, uh, there's, there's, there's parts where he's acting Eric Roberts off the screen. Oh. And I'm, poor, old, poor old Philip Reed's not, <laughs> not even on there to start with. But <laughs> He's acting Eric, an uh, Oscar-nominated actor with 600 <laughs> acting credits, Eric Roberts off the screen. What is he doing to Philip Reed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> Philip is struggling still. He's a little better. He is a little bit. He is a little better, and they give him more. Like you said, there's there's more uh, of the there's more of just the chance to get into fights for him, which yeah, he, he's pretty which is good what at. works. More time yeah. for him to be oiled up and punching on than actually a- emoting, which is good. That's I mean, right. it doesn't look like he did a, a crash course with Eric <laughs> in between no. films. No, that's right. <laughs> he was he was still in the gym. <laughs> Yeah, I think that the opening credits were magic. It, yeah, yeah. It, when the, when it shows all the stuff from the first film, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got a bit of that in there, yep. yeah. And then when the title comes up, this is Best of Best 2, it's wiped on by a guy doing a fucking cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How else would you want to start it? <laughs> there can be no other way. That's, that's the <laughs> yeah, that's only right. way to do it. I mean, yeah, eat your heart out, Star Wars. <laughs> You've got this oh, guy it's... doing a bloody cartwheel. Yeah. The, the club is bonkers. Like, yeah. we got the the girls dancing on the on the stages and stuff like that. The, the shot, you know, Brackus walking in is is quite a good idea. Yeah. But there's one particular part, and I fucking, again, talk about laughing it up. <laughs> the dancers are performing or doing their little bit, which is obviously the kind of focus of, of, of where they want the shot, while Brackus is walking down the middle, which looks pretty good. In the background, they've got the extras kind of just, you know, meant to be patrons, and a couple of them are dancing, a couple of them are standing around drinking. Just to the, just to the sort of bottom left of the screen, <laughs> there is a bloke that I would say is... I'd say sort of 
generous estimate, probably 60. And he is loving it. And he's fucking <laughs> bouncing around and, you know, dancing up a storm. Nearly, nearly bumps into the girl that's carrying the drinks. Oh. I'm just sitting there going, oh, fuck. <laughs> they must have been serving real grog or something at this point. <laughs> So my, my eye was taken, taken, uh, taken, drawn away immediately by that bike for some reason. Oh, of course. The other part about I like all about that is we then segue to the daily exposition that tells us karate champions open karate school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Oh God, that was <laughs> highly amusing. I mean, as if even after all that was going on, as if fucking Tommy's opening a karate school with. With Travis. He's telling him to piss off. <laughs> exactly. Now, this was one of my favourite moments. Watching Travis warm up before he fights Brackus. Yeah. Just, he's doing little jabs and... <laughs> he's yeah. Dipping and shit. And I'm like, he just looks thoroughly out of shape. He does. He has definitely been to the... He's definitely been enjoying the Vegas buffets while they've been there. Because yeah. he has stacked on the on the weight, and you which know he did that very Brackus quickly. Snapping him in half. Yeah, I'm glad they they wisely had Brackus wipe the floor with him because in the shape that he was in, that was the way that it was going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. It was uh, obviously in that period because there was that period where Chris Penn just put on a whole bunch of weight in his career, and this yeah. was obviously right in the midst of it. Not doing enough dancing. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, what's well, that? If you're this... sitting in the Coliseum, right? If you're sitting in the Coliseum about to watch the fight, and he wanders out, you you've put all your money on the upset, <laughs> and then you see him throwing jabs and bobbing and weaving, and, and his fat ass flopping around. You've done your dough, I think. <laughs> yeah, you've done. Yeah, you've done your ass on that one. I agree. I think he needed to. He needed to get back to his roots and move back to a town where. Where they were challenging dance, dance bands outlawed. and things like that, because in <laughs> Vegas, there's too much of it. You know, it's it's like the where he was. It was the forbidden fruit. So he was down there getting into it. And sort of, <laughs> when he moved to Vegas, there was no more reason to dance. So he just got fat. <laughs> yeah, he got he got fat. Uh, they do point out that he's fat too. <laughs> I know one of the one of the, some bloke in the crowd really very directly tells him you're you're fat. <laughs> Okay, thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks for that. Look, good to see Kane Holler Hodder back in this one with a mullet working security. Yeah. The Bay- Vegas back door and getting his Always ass kicked. Always good to again. see him there. He gets his ass kicked again, but thankfully he keeps his hands off women this time around. So um, he's, he's uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's uh, upped his game a little bit there. Yeah, he's got a little class here. Do we think that was the same character? Interesting, interesting. Well, it's, you know, possibly... the best of the best universe. Yeah, that that particular incident, I mean, if if I was involved in that incident, I'd be very hesitant to throw a punch again. uh, Yeah, yeah. So maybe it it helped that character to change his way. So next time he sees Travis, you know, they're they're buddies and he's not telling him he wants his balls. But if he'd have seen Tommy, he would have been like, I want your balls! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's why they had to sneak. Oh God! (laughs) Oh God! Now, (laughs) please, please, um, 
if you can shed a bit more light on this, please do. But the police are saying that Travis's death was an accident. Yeah. But based on what I could tell, it was a car accident. Yet yes. the front windscreen had a small hole in it. Yet he was like, <laughs> he was in a fucking a lake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm doing the. I'm looking creatively at how that he may have floated out of the car. Are you body shaming and saying that he wouldn't have fit through that hole when he went flying through the windscreen, or is that what you're telling me? Well, no, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. I guess if I'm a detective, even if I'm a fucking fresh on the job detective, I'm going. Well, he doesn't fit through that hole, so how do you get out? Yeah, yeah. And um. I want to know, look, obviously, like you said, if everything lines up that he flew through the window and he broke his neck, well, that, that kind of lines up a little bit. But if he didn't go through the window, then how did he break his neck? Like, how did he <laughs> where, how did he get out there and, you know, the impact? Oh, yeah, there's a few questions raised on that one. Yeah, and it's it's totally dropped. It is. No, the police investigation is completely dropped. I also like mm. the, have the fact that Eric Roberts and Philip Ray just wander around the crime scene really nearly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just with the impunity, mate. They just wander around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking get out of here. You're stepping on evidence, you idiots. But I'm um, in the US karate team. <laughs> yeah. The idea of the death matches in general, I mean, again, it's pretty, pretty well-worn territory, um, yeah. which... Essentially, all the movies in the series are, from what I can see. They're all storylines that you've seen before, but they're all done with a bit of fun, a bit of flair. But, like I said, I dig that they're in Vegas and it's held like a big event. There is questions there. There is questions about... I mean, they're not keeping that quiet, but it's essentially like what UFC is now. You look at it there and it's kind of like a UFC setup. Yeah. In an underground, it's got a you know the deathmatch sort of situation, and I also liked they didn't they didn't really explore it, but I dug the they mentioned it briefly that if you win if you beat Brackus, then you own the own the thing. Yeah, and I thought to myself, well, fuck that that could have been a nice little way we could have got a little bit more about how Brackus ended up in in that position. We didn't need to explore it too. Deeply, and I deeply. think there's one giant reason for that. Yes, but I think it could have been nice just to just to get a little bit of backstory about how he ended up there. Could have could have really fleshed it out and made him a little bit more intimidating. I think. Yeah, agreed. I appreciated the bringing back the Korean team. Yeah, yeah, that I was thought cool. that was a nice touch. It was a nice yeah. way to sort of link the two films up and bring them yes. back as in a kind of a good guy role. That's right. And they were all friends now. Everyone's everyone's slapping backs and sharing medals, yeah. so we're all yeah, good now. They've all they've all stood under waterfalls together. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, everyone's got everyone's hands are a little more ready to to fight now because they've been, they've worked as a team to chop trees down and correct. You know, haven't haven't really worked as hard as they needed to there. I thought that was a good idea. And it kind of works out real well at the end because they get involved in the biffo with, with Alex, you know. Yeah, which is I good. I like that. There was a nice little shootout slash fight at Alex's place that I thought yeah. was pretty well handled. Breaking that guy's arm was fucking cringeworthy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I went, ah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, stop it. <laughs> I don't want to see that. It gets all bulgy <laughs> and shit. I'm like, oh. <laughs> 
Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I, I was impressed that. with that. I was fairly yeah. impressed with the whole thing. Yeah, it was, it was a nice little action sequence. Yeah, I believe it's not too long after that we get uh, a little bit of Sonny Landon. Sonny Landon uh, acting like a loose unit. Oh, he is in fine form. I mean, talk about moments that were making you laugh. Stopping in the middle of a fight to Chunder and then looking, <laughs> you know, telling the other people, hey, hang on a sec. And then looking to resume and sizing up again after you've had a Chunder. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that is absolute magic. That whole thing got me laughing again where he decides he's going to train them and then part of the training is to get the sword up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the sword up. And then when Eric Roberts goes, oh, shit, I can't handle this anymore, he goes, Brackus would do it even if it killed him. <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense. I mean... Sonny well, my is, response is, yeah, well, he can fucking have it. <laughs> well, if Sonny's got a couple of lines and things that he says, if he was in the movie longer, Frank would be the second worst coach in the series. <laughs> it was only just for the brevity of the role that, that Sonny Landham survived as the second to Frank, as it stands. Oh. <laughs> God. Well, Sonny's just doing it out in the back hole town. Frank's been yeah. doing it with the US... <laughs> US team. That's right. That's right. Frank's been committing fraud. <laughs> I think he has. For years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, shit. That's when we also whip into some montages too, which is great. There's one slow motion running up the hills and then doing karate moves on top of a cliff. <laughs> well, you know, if you, if you don't have a waterfall, you, you just True. make do. <laughs> you might do with what you've got. That's right. Oh, I loved it, loved it. I did like that Sonny goes down fighting. Yeah. I mean, he gets shot about 50 times. Yeah. And still finds a way to stab a bloke. But I, I felt that was kind of the right way to finish his character off because he was kind of like a, a, a loose sort of cannon. Correct. He was. And the whole idea that he'd kind of... He wasn't going to help and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. There was a line delivered by Brackus. Now, the delivery was not great, <laughs> but I did laugh at the line, and I thought to myself, if that was in the hands of somebody else, would that have been a good line? The line oh. was, you challenged my invincibility and scarred my perfection. <laughs> And when I read it back, I think, no, it's not a good line. But when Ra- when Rafe Moller threw it out there, I giggled a lot. <laughs> There's also one where he gets, after confronting Tommy, he gets punched into a <laughs> punched into a fucking mirror, cuts his yep. face, and then you, you come to the doctor stitching him up, and we get a close-up of the, the cut. And yep. he, Moller just goes... Shit! <laughs> yeah, that was a ripper. That was an absolute ripper. He reminded me. It sounded like Rowan Atkinson. The winner is John Daniels. Oh, no, shit. Uh, shit. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god. Rafe Bollard. Oh, magic. Holy shit. Oh, god. 
Yeah, he delivered quite a he delivered a couple of moments in there that are. Uh, <laughs> they stand we'll get the test to him. We'll get to him. We'll get yep. to Rafe. But the house explosion. The house when it blows up. I mean, talk about sitting on a fuel dump. The whole joint yeah. gets blown to absolute smithereens. Yeah. I mean, it just sticks. <laughs> it is. And then we we, ke- we we go into the wreckage and then... <laughs> they push the little hatch open and they're what surrounded by... Serious? They're surrounded by about three or four bits of kindling that are burning. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> that is not a safe place. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, that was, uh, again, uh, amusing. They probably could have uh, thought that one through a little more or spent a, spent a tiny bit more cash on the aftermath. And you know what? I'm going to say a, a genuine, genuine like is the entire final sort of Tommy working up to fighting Brackus and fighting Brackus and then Alex coming to his aid and it's just punch on Cindy City. I love that shit. It was all great. One bit in particular that I loved was when he absolutely <laughs> kicks the living daylights out of the bloke who's a wrestler. Yeah, he's yeah, a wrestler. Yeah. And then yep. he thinks he's done and he turns away and he just hears, ah! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he gets to his feet so Tommy just does a double flip and kicks his head in. Yeah, oh, that man. was that is just that was awesome. cracking stuff. That was so good. But I actually, yeah, it, genuine like was like you said. I think having Tommy in the in the death match while Alex and Dayhan are, are sort of working their way through to it. Yeah, it works a treat because it's like ten or fifteen minutes of just non-stop people kicking the shit out of each other. <laughs> I believe <laughs> Kane Holder gets his ass kicked again in that sequence. <laughs> No wonder he didn't come back for best of the best three. He just spent the whole series getting, getting built. Well, he's been icing his testicles between bloody 93 and 98 or whatever. <laughs> oh, now let me tell you the peak of the finale is there is a brief shot of Brackus's face that is clearly a rubber head. Oh, but... when he gets his neck broken? <laughs> Or is no, it no, 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 no. It's a close up of a face and he's a rubber head. And so it's, you just see Tommy's foot come and it's, it's only about half a second, but the foot fucking smashes the face and it kind of shudders and wobbles. Yeah, and fucking, I know. But it actually works. Like, you can tell it's a rubber head, but then you look at it and you kind of go, oh, shit. <laughs> so um, they put Rafe Moller's head on a punch man. <laughs> Pretty much. And it wobbled and kind of shuddered like a punch man, because, but because it had a semi-human looking head, it looked... Looks yeah, pretty brutal. working out nicely. I was actually hoping they were going to repeat the rubber head trick with Wayne Newton after Brackus was, was taken out. Yeah, after Brackus was taken out. I also love oh, that training fuck, montage you get just before they start to fight. Yeah. Brackus is punching shit out of every man and his dog and getting hit with boards and stuff, and Tommy's basically just stretching. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, yeah. mate. You need to get something going. Yeah, you need some of Drago's injections or something. <laughs> Anything. Shit. That was it for me. 
Likes yeah, wise. same. I mean, they they once were I hit a few the, likes in the dislike. Like I said, <laughs> once I hit once I hit the rubber head, that was the peak of the whole piece. So I can't top. And as, as, look, as I said at the start, going into the dislikes is how did we go from underdog sports story to underground? Underground. Fight? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> It doesn't quite oh, work man. for me fully, partially because there is just the storyline is just ludicrous. It is. It's <laughs> it is crazy, just so coming, silly. especially it's crazy. coming from the first one. It's so different. I, I mean, it's it shares similarities, but it's such a it's a different. I could have seen them doing them coaching the US team, so the US team actually had a legitimate coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. In about 15 um, years. There's blood on Frank's hands. He's already got one death yeah. on <laughs> But I was, you know, I was thinking when you see best of the best, you think best of the best too, you know, oh, here comes a challenger to the to the throne from another country or, you know, the, the rematch with the Koreans or something like that. You don't yeah. think underground fight club with Brackett <laughs> and Wayne Newton. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, look, this is where I'm going to talk about Rafe Moller. Now, Rafe... I certainly don't want him to come and kick my ass. <laughs> uh, he's, sure he's a he large could. unit. <laughs> but his performance when he's not actually hitting anybody is just disastrous. <laughs> it is. It is. It's terrible. He's uh, like sugar free Arnie. <laughs> yeah. Every time he came on screen, I thought, shit. <laughs> uh, he was. He suits the yeah. He suits the role physically, and he's got this the air of intimidation. But he needed to not talk very much. No, and he didn't talk very much, but it still and stuck out. T- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the best acting was from his rubber head. <laughs> I felt the danger when his rubber head was getting mashed on Tommy's foot. Yeah, look, there is. <laughs> There is moments where he's just shit house. <laughs> he's, oh yeah. I said sugar free Arnie, but he's kind of sugar free Arnie back when Arnie was making like Hercules goes bananas or whatever. I suggest Rafe could have probably done a small crash course with Eric Roberts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's not even sugar free Arnie. He's like new Arnie. Uh, when the new Arnie comes out, you have a small sip and then you go back to the old <laughs> recipe. <laughs> It's <laughs> all the shapes. It's the new recipe shapes. Yeah, that's <laughs> you right. You eat them and then you fucking piss and moan about it. They taste different. You go into the old ones. That's it. That's right. Um, look, what I do like, what I these, I've got some questions about the underground fight club. <laughs> just, just as, so as starters. And it, 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 look, I understand it's for the, for rich people. But it just comes off as a game show. I just, I was expecting yeah. Newton to rip out, come on down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they, they probably needed to play up the gambling aspect of it, of it or something yes. like that because it looked yes. like, I mean, you, you see that many people begging for somebody to die after they've watched <laughs> a bit of martial arts and you're kind of like, ah, is there, is there really that many people that are, that are going well, to be, you know, thumbs down? But it's also I like. I mean, there are people screaming for blood. That's right. When I first saw it, I thought, "Fuck, Wayne Newton's going to be squealing like a squealing like a pig. He's going to be telling everyone about it. You know, they're not going to be able to keep this quiet." But then, 
he actually delivers a, a, a really solid performance, even when he's required yeah. to be intimidating and, yeah. and playing it off. But, yeah, there's just so many people in that club. You're just like, yeah, this is, this is not underground. This is, this is the above-ground oh. fight, fight death, death match ring. The other part of it, too, is, look, it's an underground fight ring. Let's not use our real names. <laughs> yeah, that's Calling right. Calling him Tommy Lee, possibly not the best. Although some of these rich people may have mistaken him for a large cocked drummer. Awesome. <laughs> for Motley Crue. <laughs> <laughs> a large, large cocked Motley Crue drummer. Uh, so, yeah, Jesus. maybe he would have got away with it. But possibly. It seems like you, you, everyone should have an alias. Yeah, You're absolutely. You're not in there under, the, under your original name. Especially not being identified as one of the US karate team while you're in there, like <laughs> Travis was. Exactly. Yeah, but, you know, they all know Frank was a bullshit artist, so they assumed the guys who were in the team were also <laughs> yeah, fucking making right. it up. <laughs> and when they saw him, they said, no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're in the US team. Good one. Good story. <laughs> Also, when we first see it, they're all they're a heap of dudes come out in loincloths. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the go there? I don't know. There was There's also a... I, I was confused by this throughout the movie <laughs> because the boxer came out in his boxing shorts, but then the wrestler came out in fucking some loincloth <laughs> number. So did old mate with the nunchucks. Yeah, confusing. I didn't get. I didn't get the dress code. Is it because you turned up in jeans and they were like, "Well, you can't fight in your jeans." Yeah, yeah. There's a dress code. If you came in jeans, unless they're action jeans, you need to change into a loincloth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you won't get the stretch required there. Eric Roberts goes for high and tight in this this film. He does. He needed the so mullet. So he loses back. the mullet, which. I know it was the 90s, but surely you could get away with it for a couple more years as you went into the 90s, couldn't you? That's right. You keep that, Eric. You keep it. Yes. That, that's one of your style, best at- attributes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was one of the finest parts of your performance in the first film. <laughs> Correct. I think you should have should have left it. It really I sells it when you get would have liked to have seen Ray Muller with too. a mullet. Oh, fuck. He would have, been, he would have looked awesome <laughs> with a mullet. Imagine his rubber head with a fucking mullet. Yeah, would have, yeah he would have covered his rubber head when he... But he was attempting to act. Um, yeah, there's. I, 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 I was missing. I was missing that. Yeah, I felt that. Yeah, he, it, 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 he didn't look as cool. No, his his mullet was like a security blanket for the audience. Exactly. I mean, Roberts was in ripping nick though. <laughs> he was. He was in pretty good shape. Yeah, these these blokes were had obviously been working out between films, but that whole sequence with Walter. Being unable to break the fucking the brick. Yeah. I mean, those other kids do it with their dicks. <laughs> <laughs> What's Walter got? The lead one. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I thought I mean, you know. So I was waiting for someone to call it. You know, call him a bloody noodle armed, <laughs> noodle armed <laughs> sissy or something like that. But I yeah, was look. waiting for it to cut to Eric Roberts to go. Oh shit! Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but that never comes back. No, it's fucking stupid. And it, it, like the, <laughs> it continues on with the speech at the, you know, we're having a bloody a dinner for the whole group, and then Eric Roberts stands up and starts dribbling about how proud he is <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. Like, 
This is bullshit. <laughs> this is absolute bullshit. I just want another scene of Rafe Muller going, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all right. And not only that, further to the further to the stuff involving Walter, I mean, Alex trusting Travis to do fucking anything is a stretch. Oh, just quietly, trust- oh, you can come with me. You'll stay in the car. I'll only be gone yeah. two to three hours. <laughs> Yeah, but look, he probably wouldn't be the only kid in the, in the Vegas parking lot while someone's having a slap on the pokies for two to three hours or something. Yeah, yeah. Usually it's a it's a baby. Yeah, pretty pretty poor form, but yeah, that that, that just spoke to the character of Travis Brickley, didn't it? It's uh, but but yeah, I wouldn't thing... trust the bloke to I wouldn't trust the bloke to fucking feed me dog, let alone you know look after me child. So. The other thing about that is he watches Travis get killed. He yes. runs out of the club and he comes across, can't remember who it was. Maybe it was one of Wayne Newton's offsiders or whatever. Yeah. And then he does the Harry Holt. And then the next scene, he runs in the door at Alex's place. Did he run from fucking Vegas? Yeah, yeah. He ran. Back home? Because yeah, well, I'm even thinking that's, a, the... that's 25 k's. I mean, even running the strip for him is, is, is going to take a while. He's not a, he's a child. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he can't even break a, a brick. So, yeah. you know, he's not a speed, I'm sure he's not a speed merchant. No, I don't think so. He's not doing that with a lot of toe. Uh, no. Now, this is a, 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 a bit where you see the worst of Philip Bree's performance. And, again, he's he is he looks like Daniel Day-Lewis in comparison to Rafe Moller. But <laughs> the sequence where the house gets blown up... <laughs> Yeah, and Tommy is unaware that his buddy and son have hidden in a small underground room. Or yeah, which seemed to have he, a wooden door. It would have fucking yeah. would have fucking blown off as well, wouldn't it? But, you, know. you would think, yes, you would think. But Tommy looks down at the carnage, and he there is no expression on his face at all. He doesn't even. You know, put his head in his hands or a single tear the even. The expression looks like the guy next to me just dropped his guts and I've got to go. <laughs> yeah, well, oh. don't get me wrong, I'm sure one of those mates probably did. But <laughs> yeah. even then, yeah, like, it was you just could that shit kind of... next to Philip and he wouldn't even flinch. Yeah, yeah. He didn't, he just, he didn't he sell it. Looked, he didn't sell it at all. His best mate's allegedly dead. Yeah. What and were you some looking of his for? Family. Are you looking for a bit of a fucking scream and yell or Well I need ah! <laughs> I, I need a middle ground between the two. <laughs> yeah. Find a frequency film. <laughs> don't, don't just <laughs> You don't you don't just brush it off. <laughs> you think that the director tried to get him to do something and then just realised, oh, shit. <laughs> just, nah. Just stand there stone-faced, mate. Yeah. Because he just, he doesn't even move. No. He right. just kind of, he kind of tilts his head and goes, ah. There's <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah. not much Mild annoyance. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'll have to get it. I'll have to get myself another best friend. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just How didn't... do I do that? It didn't Maybe really, I can find uh, someone play. in Vegas. <laughs> Maybe Wayne Newton's available. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, Wayne would be interested. 
Speaking of Newton, I did miss him when they were on the run. I needed yes. I needed a little bit of a little bit of that because he was. Uh, yeah, I just felt when they got on the run and we started to get a little into a little bit of the backstory and that it lacked a little at times. What I love about um, Newton is he goes from being one minute kind of intimidating. Remember when they come in, they ask where Travis is, and he's kind of like, you know, basically starts chesting up to him and saying he left or whatever yeah, you know, on his own two feet, don't you come in here. And then he kind of then changes to charming and starts saying, yeah, oh, you yeah. know, he was he was out in the bar with some lady. It's all it's all a misunderstanding, and he's, you know, he got his arms around him and he's chatting away. That's what I liked about him. There was that bit of, there's a little bit of everything there. Rafe Muller, take some notes. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple. Have a quick Just look a at what Wade's doing. Yeah, I think he could have done with that. Rafe, that's called acting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you see, yeah, yeah. You, you see how I, I delivered with confidence and sometimes I was smiling and sometimes I wasn't. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rafe. Oh, I'd rather man. use your rubber head for this sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's giving me more to play off. It's giving me more to act off. Yeah. <laughs> Am I on the call seat today? No, no, Rafe, we've, um, you're off for a week. We're using your fucking <laughs> rubber scone. That's the rest of that. You can come back later when there's some punching to be done. It's funny because... I remember him in things like Gladiator, obviously small roles, but he wasn't awful. He's he's just yeah he he showed the ability to do something, whereas in well, this he didn't really. Again, Gladiator. Maybe his game kicks up a notch next to some <laughs> some good actors maybe. and a, a really good director. Maybe Russell Crowe said, if you don't fucking learn to act, I'm going to throw a telephone at your head yeah, yeah. and it won't be made of rubber. It'll be your real <laughs> one and it'll fucking hurt. <laughs> Rafe. No, Russell just looked at Rafe and went, that's not what you're doing, is it? <laughs> yeah, and if you want to hang around after set, I'll show you how to play a few tunes on the guitar and sing a couple yeah. of songs too, Rafe. Oh, things are going to change. <laughs> <laughs> They, they, were, they oh, were mutually man. bagging each other out. He was telling Rafe he couldn't act for shit, and Rafe was going, your music sucks. <laughs> yeah, I can hold a Touché. tune, Russell. So... <laughs> oh, um, dear. My last dislike was, unlike Travis, I can kind of buy Tommy beating Brackus. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I watch Tommy in action, and I say, well, you know what? I'm putting 50K on Tommy. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Take my bet. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Nine times out of ten, Tommy beats Brackus. For me. Yeah. So it kind of takes away a little bit of that. He's in a real tough spot. How's he going to get out of it? The suspense of the fight. It kind of takes a bit of that away. Because it's pretty obvious that Rafe Moller's not really a karate guy. Well, it was just, it started off with him not really selling being hit. You know, just just sort of Rafe. pretending like he was Rafe? invisible. Yeah, I'm talking about Rafe. <laughs> so he couldn't sell getting it either. Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> I'm saying he did he his job there. He did wrong. his job. He just had to make it look like it didn't hurt. 
basically, which he could do because he didn't <laughs> well, have to change his well, expression. Well, if you've got a face like stone, that can work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that, yeah, it, it, it actually, you're right, even though he was the invincible type sort of villain, the fight with Day Han felt, it just felt more, the, the yeah. excitement was there and the, and the possibility that he might get done because he actually got belted around. evenly matched. In yeah. the first movie, and they had done that bit, little bit where they'd sp- explained that Day Han was just—he was almost invincible, you know. Yeah. Like he hadn't been beaten for years, and he was one of the greatest martial artists ever. So they'd yep. done a bit of work. And Brackus, and again, Ray <laughs> Ray fails to sell it, but I just felt that Brackus was a lumbering, big kind of muscle man, but he wasn't really a martial artist when you look at him. No. So Tommy, here's Tommy absolutely kicking the shit out of everybody that comes near him. I'm thinking, well, Tommy's the man. He's going to whoop this bloke. Yeah, I, I got that feeling a little bit too. But again, that's possibly time frame, right? When, in, when this, these movies were out, it was just you looked at the Arnie types as invincible, but whereas now yeah. you, you've seen a bit more of the kind of mixed martial arts and that sort of stuff and the different different styles of fighters and you look at it when they come in and you say, well, Rafe Moller and his rubber head clearly haven't done much martial arts. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying there. What else did you have? Anything else? Yeah, I've got a couple. All right. One being Sonny Landham and his shit coaching. I'm going to tell you the line that really sort of made me think probably a little more than it should have, but I believe Sonny Landham says, I'm one of three people in the world who can tell you how to beat Brackus. Now, I need a little bit of context there because if one of them is Frank, you can fucking strike him off the list because he's a a bullshit artist. But (laughs) I'm taking it to mean that three people have fought Brackus and not died and that he's one of them. But we never really got... We never really got the story. But even then, I'm sitting there going, well, look, Brackus has got a fucking spar, doesn't he? And then, of course, he does later on. So, obviously, there's a few sparring partners around that might be able to tell you, yeah, look, he's a little bit weak on the, on the hook or the jab or yeah, something. Yeah, like yeah. or um, but, on the acting. <laughs> yeah, 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 you can't. How do you beat Brackus? Well, yeah, get him into an acting, get him into an improv class and see how he goes. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, yeah. The other thing about Landon is, okay, so you only one of three people who has either not died or or beaten him or what? Like, I didn't get, I didn't get any of that shit. Like, he he, he pulls his shirt off and he goes, "This is Brackus." So I'm assuming Brackus kicked his ass. Is that? Yeah, yeah. What we're is that? Why he was a prick? I think so. Towards Tommy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm still. I'm still trying to work that out. Yeah, they didn't really go into it. But, uh, yeah, elaborate. What do you mean you're one of three people that can tell you how to fucking beat him? Two minutes have ago, you, you, were fucking, f- two minutes you ago, a... you were vomiting on your shoes, you idiot. <laughs> Has there been a straw poll done or what the fuck? How do you know? <laughs> there might be others. This guy there might could be have others, yeah. thousands of people. So clearly, you've, you've followed his career since then and discovered, you know, He's only he's only ever he's never lost or whatever the fucking story was, but yeah, I I need you to I need you to talk some sense, 
Sonny, I don't know well, what you're talking Sonny, about. Well, clearly, Sonny, you're a drunk. So I'm taking it <laughs> to be that you're also a bullshit artist. <laughs> That's what I think. That's what I think. We're just not going to go too deep into it because we'll go down this fucking rabbit hole of him spinning bullshit stories and then, you know, we're never going to find anything about the three people. Again, a laugher. Some clumsy wording when Brackus grabs the, uh, uh, grabs the mic and says, yeah. you know, according to the rules of the Coliseum, Tommy Lee's earned the right to challenge me. Two minutes ago, Wayne Newton was sitting there going, there's one rule, there are no rules. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. what are you bringing up rules now for? Let's maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah, word yeah. that a little bit differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. look, Rafe, come on, mate. I, I, I was sure, My assumption was that he was just kind of getting to, he just wanted to get all this out of the way and get to Tommy. Yeah, you it know, was that just was like... The, I know what I know exactly what they were saying. They had skip this thing, all the bullshit you know, and let's go. That's right. They were talking about oh, if you get through the pre- preliminaries, you can fight Brackus and all this shit. So we got it there, but I'm just kind of like, I did have a laugh because it was only a couple of minutes before that where we were doing the no rules chant, <laughs> the whole oh, crowd shouting, "There are no rules." The no and rules chant. Brackus says, according to the rules, well, fuck, I didn't think we had any. Um, where are they my from? last one. Where, where's the booklet? Yeah, that's right. I didn't get a pamphlet. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I when I came in and threw down hundred k, no one gave me any fucking any material rules. that I could read. That's right. <laughs> the very last one is there is no reason for Meg Foster to be in the movie at all. I know. Like, just I don't know there. what that is. Like, it's really, really weak. There's. I thought she would do an expose on the underground. Fight club. Yeah, I don't. It just, it just there was. It just went nowhere. She basically was a glorified babysitter. Yeah, I think she was in the movie for about three minutes. Yeah, I'm not like really it, sure what they did there and why they did that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to find whether something was cut out or because it just there's just nothing there. So, yeah, that was the that was the last one for me. Yeah, I'm I'm finished. That was. All I had in the dislike category, mm-hmm. but that is the best of the best one and two. It's a super-sized episode, Jared. It is. So you can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, and Spotify. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au or on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com and on Instagram at thrillmepodcast. We've also got a um, letterbox set up. That where some of the stuff we've talked about in the early part will have a little bit more of a review, so check that out if you can. Keep an eye on our Facebook page for the next the details of what we'll we'll do next. But until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, or contact us at Thrill Me or one word or lowercase at iinet.net.au.